0: Introduction to the reign of George the Sixth, nineteen hundred to nineteen twenty five, a forecast written in the year seventeen sixty three. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Introduction, containing a review of British history, a d sixteen sixty to nineteen hundred. Although the period in our history of which these sheets contain an account is one of the most singular and remarkable, and more detached from the general arrangement of our annals than perhaps any other reign. Yet it is necessary to sketch the outlines of the preceding times, that the reader may comprehend the whole picture at once in his imagination, without the pain of continued recollection. The splendor of the English nation ought to take its date from the civil wars in the seventeenth century, which at the same time that they ruined individuals and threw the kingdom into a temporary state of confusion laid the foundation for that immense fabric which has since been erected it has been justly remarked that nations display their internal resources more and produce great men more abundantly after a civil war than at any other period the observation is drawn from history and needs no philosophical inquiries to establish it but most certainly the english nation made those prodigious acquisitions of trade within half a century after the death of cromwell that prepared the way for still greater increase During the supine reigns of Charles II and James II we were gaining on our neighbors. The revolution threw us into a new scene of action, and the wars we carried on, on the continent, at the same time that they secured the independency of Europe, opened new channels for our trade to flow in. But the most remarkable event of King William's reign was the beginning of a public debt, which has since been attended with such wonderful consequences. The reign of Queen Anne was a period in which the English arms made a respectable figure in Europe, during the continuance of the war, and her counsels, like those of a succeeding reign, a very pitiful one at the end. Footnote. An allusion, of course, to the great sacrifices made by Lord Bute at the Peace of Paris in February 1763, just before the publication of this pamphlet. End footnote. Our trade still increased, and with it our public debt. The greatest part of the reigns of the first two Georges contain little remarkable. In reading their histories we meet with none of those actions that raise and elevate the soul, and make us wonder at the power that executed them. The period of our history that is graced with the name of George the Third is more splendid. It forms a remarkable era in the annals of Europe, not from the number of great geniuses that adorned his court but from the multitude of virtues which constituted the character of the sovereign of a happy people. Yet even so great an assemblage of excellencies was not attended with a fortunate influence over the manners of his court. The great men of those days served but as a foil to set off the lustre of royal virtues. Indeed, few endeavoured to arrive at that summit of virtue which they considered impossible to attain, and therefore they prudently beheld the merit without any wish of imitation. In the reign of George the Fourth, 1810 to 1848, were many remarkable events, but the most material occurrence which continued throughout that period was the amazing increase of the national debt. George V was a wise and virtuous prince, but the kingdom suffered from the want of capacity in his ministers, and felt a very severe shock in the conquest of Holland. Footnote. By the French, in or about 1850. End footnote. He came to the crown in one of the most critical moments that it is possible one prince can succeed another. His kingdom was in the greatest confusion occasioned by a long and unfortunate war with Russia. In vain had his predecessors endeavored at an immense expense to prevent the fatal aggrandizement of that empire. In vain had the parliament granted every necessary supply to prevent the northern kingdoms from being swallowed into one prodigious monarchy every effort which the fifth grand alliance europe had seen could make was ineffectual sweden and denmark notwithstanding their being so powerfully assisted were unable to defend themselves everything submitted to the rapidity of peter's arms and the first maritime power in the world who had so long possessed the dominion of the sea saw its fleets beaten and its coasts insulted the ministry was unsettled and the violent agitation of the whole kingdom owing to the sad state of the public funds conspired to form one of those critical situations which require great judgment and abilities in the Prince, and a unanimous concurrence of his Parliament to guide the helm with success. The King in part affected it, but during his long reign the nation was far from being in a flourishing situation, and the dismal prospect of national bankruptcy, which the most penetrating politicians clearly foresaw must soon come to pass, cast a general damp on the spirits of the people. In the end of the nineteenth century a certain languor in the administration foretold some terrible crisis was at hand. In the midst of this general despondency the king died, and was succeeded by George VI, the history of whose reign is the subject of the following sheets. A period the most remarkable and abounding in the most astonishing events that have ever been recorded in modern history, end of the introduction recording by Philip Gould.